and welcome. My name is Jennifer Regular. I am a soul-centered empowerment coach at Lighting the Path and also your host here for Wise Women Wednesdays. Today, I'm so excited to have Ruth Boydell here with me. Welcome, Ruth. She is here all the way from Newcastle, Australia. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Absolutely. Really, really glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too, because it's such an important topic that often doesn't get um, talked about. And so let me tell the audience a little bit about you first. Ruth is an end of life educator and doula at Lifetimes, offering practical compassionate support for those near life's end and has been doing this since 2017. She's also trained as a non-religious spiritual care practitioner in both the hospital and hospice setting and as a qualified death walker. Ruth hosts a regular online death cafe to share conversation about any topic related to death and dying. And she even reserves part of her home who are in need of support at the end of life. It's a palliative retreat called Care B&B. Ruth explains that doula work is an amazing voyage into who we are at source and how we can serve others navigating their end of life and considers it a real privilege. I'm sure it is, Ruth, and I'm here happy that you are here to talk us through breaking through the illusion of separation. I think that's part of the fear is that separation and how we can go on after someone has passed. I know at least that's the way that I felt um, when my most devastating loss was my father um, many years ago. I, I literally didn't know what I was going to do without my dad. We were inseparable and I had experienced loss before that as well and then much more after that. But I feel like that's the one that's had the greatest impact on me. And I remember too, when my mother passed and I was sharing it with my um, colleagues at work, I actually went to work the next day after I found out that she died and my colleagues couldn't believe that. And I heard them whispering, you know, I can't believe she's here. And so I walked over and I said, I appreciate that. And I said, it does seem weird, doesn't it? But honestly, I didn't want to be alone and I needed something to keep me occupied. And so Anytime there's been a death I've seen for others and for myself, there's a different way of dealing with that. But what I found after my mother died too was that some of my colleagues would come and share their condolences, but then were kind of afraid and they'd start crying because they got started thinking about their parents dying or their loved ones dying. And it's really scary thought. So it really takes someone so special as you are <laughs> to be able to help people walk through the end of life, but then to also assist others in the, your, the death cafe to share in that conversation and make it safe and comfortable and um, available to be able to talk about it. So once again, thank you and welcome. And I have to say, <laughs> what is it that got you on this path, Ruth? Oh, well, that's a, 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 a story in itself. Um, I was a, a teacher at um, the Polytechnic, the TAFE in, in New South Wales. I was a maritime teacher for, because I'd come from a sailing background and, uh, you know, I'd been working and teaching in the, the adult education realm for over 20 years. And I... Um, have from time to time uh, something called trigeminal neuralgia, which is a nerve pain in the face, yeah. which gets painful at times. And uh, 
at the end, near the end of my teaching, I, uh, I had a severe bout and I had something so severe that uh, it triggered something called a uh, temporary global amnesia. And I did not know who I was. I was in my full dementia, according to my husband. Wow. Who am I and why am I here? Mm -hmm. So there I am. I've come from a very kind of con uh, maritime, it's not concrete, but a very solid um, background of, you know, this is how you do things and this is this and this is that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you tie a knot like this and you, you jump into a life raft like that uh, to a place of not knowing who I was and uh, where I was and Dave my husband said I was in full dementia who am I why am I here very repetitive conversation mm. and he he called the ambulance and took me to the hospital and I came I felt myself coming back into my body in that environment so mm. I had I suppose a near miss uh, but I felt absolutely blissful that death is not the end mm. that I I've, I think in my reflections I felt I had been called to the other side actually so uh, to, to have a look to to awaken to this possibility that life life on earth in our bodies is just one part of our journeys as a spiritual being mm -hmm. And so from then, uh, I wanted to keep that feeling of my mortality because I really felt it very strongly that, that I could die. And in all my sailing, in all my adventures, in my youth, you know, I had never actually felt that. You know, I felt invincible, mm. you know, and mm -hmm. as I do now, you know, I'm, as a, <laughs> I have fallen back to sleep, but I know I've been awakened. So... Um, so I have come to a place of understanding and knowing that there is something beyond this realm, definitely. Yes. And, uh, and my studies in, in doula work and in spiritual care have been to, to keep myself awake to that, to that idea and to, to uh, look at uh, look at those steps that I could take perhaps to to stay more connected to that part of myself mm -hmm. mm. and so I have been able to help others in their journeys um, along the way and I, I feel it's kind of a selfish journey of my own but it has helped me uh, deal with my husband Dave's death deliberate end a few years ago three years ago he decided that he'd been talking about that for for his um for all our relationship he had oh, been a paramedic yes oh. for 12 years he had been talking about this and I think that was also another reason I had been called was to understand that his voyage his journey his deciding that he was going to live a limited life was was a choice of his and and to help me help me understand and get through that somehow yes mm. so um uh yeah I realized through my life I'd parked 
a lot of grief of my own mm-hmm. um, and and I understand you're talking about um, wanting to happy around people with your mum after your mum's death because I found after Dave's death I just I couldn't make a decision so I just kept going in in a direct line of doing what I had been doing and keeping all the things in line because it was easier not to make a decision to change yeah I can't change you know uh, who's booked into the into the care B&B, who's, who's coming there. And, you know, I, I, I felt like I just had to keep that all rolling because it was hard to, hard to decide in that grief space. Yes. yes. Mm. And grief is a whole full experiences of voyage in itself, isn't it? <laughs> to all the different emotions that we go through and the memories and the what ifs and now what's and, you know, having to dream a new dream because the way you thought life was going to be forever, well, that forever's come and gone now, right? And, and now there's this, this new life, this new way of being in this life. And, you know, your questions of when you're going through the dementia of who am I and where am I, like, people in waking life still ask that right because <laughs> we've gone unconscious and, just, and we're, we're doing that. we go through even deaths and rebirths throughout our life as well and that's um, true yes. yeah and then you know as coaches and so on kind of are midwifing those processes right of those life changes and the transformation that happens but through grief I find there's as you mentioned too there's an awakening that happens this blissful experience this um maybe the unknown becomes known and then you know we get to see the expansiveness of all that exists then and break through that illusion of separation because um just by that very title and the topic we know that there is no true separation right how do you conceptualize that how do you explain that uh, <clears throat> how do I explain that? Uh, I just, I just know. It's like a just yeah. a knowing. If 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 I'm working as a pastoral care practitioner, I'm asking other people what their beliefs are. Mm. But if someone, as you've just done, asks me, I just know there's no the, that we go on and we are part of the. We are the drop in the ocean. We are the the candle in the dawn, you know, where the, where, um, you know, just a, a very finite aspect of all that is. Right. And, uh, and that is, um, you know, that we're given the opportunity on earth, I think, to uh, explore so much of what it is to be in a physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, in so many ways and yet uh, and we get to feel things that we we call negative emotions but uh, I think that's part of it to feel those highs and lows and ups and downs uh, our our feeling connected and disconnected I think that's part of our earthly experience but ultimately we are part of the whole yes 
-hmm. And you're right. It is annoying. It's it's just you just know, <laughs> right? Just and it's know. one of the channels too of our intuition is that clear cognizance, right? The clear knowing. And there's other ways that we take in the world too, through seeing or feeling or touching or sensing in other ways through taste or smell. Like after um, loved ones passed on, people might smell alcohol and tobacco tend to be the most popular because they're most potent kind of smells, but also flowers yeah. like roses and lavender are really popular. And you can, you can smell that, you know, that scent or you get, get a sense of someone's presence around you. So there's a real um, opportunity to access more of our intuition as well, which also helps us to know that there is no illusion of separation because there's still that energy, the spirit, the presence of that person mm -hmm. still around you that uh, yes. may, may be very subtle or it could be very potent and that just mm -hmm. you just know. Sometimes people will feel, you know, an embrace or a touch on the arm or you know, something mm. like that. Mm. Um, so I know. do you find that too, where there's like that, where there's a way of I, developing intuition? Well, I, I'm, I'm actively wanting to develop my intuition. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think just even being aware of that is, has helped me. Uh, I know my son, when 25 years ago, at age four said, first you die and then you're born. Hmm. Um, if I if I had gotten curious at that time, more curious about it than going, oh, that was a kind of a spooky thing to say, uh, you know, I might have found out a little more because I think children are very close to their yes. other lives or uh, their, their spiritual source. Yes, their invisible um, friend. <laughs> their invisible friends and many mm -hmm. children experience that. Yes. And... Uh, and also uh, the day before my Dave ended his life, mm -hmm. I had someone in a, in a uh, public meeting come up to me and tap me on the shoulder and say, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but they're telling me thanks. And you know, I burst into tears and I thought she was talking about, uh, you know, the people that I'd supported as a doula. Mm -hmm. up until then but now you know I think uh, as I reflect on that I think that was Dave's guides coming to to help him home oh. yeah which is such a comfort to know that he was going to be looked after mm -hmm. and and it was known it was it was already known that that was his going to be his choice yes yeah and so, as you said, it was a deliberate death. It was his choice. His choice, yes. At that time. Mm. Yes, yeah. And, and I'd left him in, in yeah. the mornings. I had left him in that morning, the, the, the following morning. Uh, he, he'd said goodbye to me, you know, deeply three times. He kissed my hand. You know, mm. he really said a really beautiful goodbye. Mm. And I... I'd, I'd said goodbye to him a few times and not known what was what was in his heart and mind because he couldn't tell me for he was protecting me from knowing his where his decision was lying but um yeah I knew that day I knew you know and he'd double check what time was I coming home and um uh I just I just knew that 
but I hadn't kind of tapped into what was said to me the night before as 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 his support at that stage. So mm. I just reflect on that and I think it was known and I wouldn't have let myself know on the day, but yeah, in reflection I do. I, I did yes. know. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And there is a lot of reflection that happens after someone passes, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of questioning and about, you know, what did they say or what did I say and <laughs> why did this happen? And, you know, a lot of different questions and then reflection too on the memories and the times that were shared or wish had been more times mm. that had been shared. And there's so much that goes on in someone's mind and through their heart after a loved one passes on. And so in your death cafe, what kind of things come up? What are people sharing about and talking about or what is it that you facilitate in those cafes? Mm, well, it can be very varied. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about all sorts of things about life, really. <laughs> uh, we talk about, you know, choosing, choosing coffins or, or shrouds or, burial or cremation or embalming uh, or, you know, writing wills, uh, legal documents. We talk about um, uh, what to tell children. We talk about, you know, uh, voluntary assisted dying. We talk about, um, we talk about, our memories of our parents. We talk about our memories of uh, children who've gone before us. We talk about losses and and also we we share our connection with each other and understanding. Mm. And in the Death Cafe, particularly now it's a, a Zoom, um, that one person speaking at a time is really important to the to those conversations because I think as a pastoral care practitioner what we really crave in our being is to be heard and so the death cafe actually offers a space just to be heard and to be be witnessed as uh, as a soul who's got ideas and and thoughts and feelings and acknowledgement of that and I find that we come away from the death cafe feeling very satisfied we've heard each other deeply mm. Mm. and yes. I imagine you get that here in in your conversations Jennifer yes absolutely feeling heard is just so very important in my experiences in the hospice to mm -hmm. sit and simply listen to someone and to, to for them to feel safe enough to share a story that's of deep meaning to them is is a gift it's an expression of love mm -hmm. to them and and from them because sometimes they can share it with a stranger uh, and not a trusted stranger, but not with a family member. Sometimes their stories just need to be heard by someone. Yes. Mm. And so there's a 
couple of different roles that you have in your doula work. You mentioned about the pastoral care, spiritual care, and yes. then, and of course, um, an end of life educator as well, and then the facilitator. So in terms yes. of the pastoral care and the spiritual care, can you tell us a little bit more about what kind of care that involves? So the care um, involves really a deep listening uh, and reflecting on uh, certainly in my training, there was a lot of self-reflection that needed to be done, but to to understand what resonate, what how we resonate with people who have a story, what triggers my story back at me, and what what is their story, and what's in between, what's what intuitive part is in that. Uh, when I ask them a question about something and they kind of, you can see it's kind of triggered something for them that's, that's part of that conversation. So having, having enough space in myself to, to know the right questions in the moment. Mm. I like that you said that having enough space in yourself because self-care, self-love, the self-compassion, the soul care, is also very important in yes. this work, right? You're doing so much yes. and holding so much space, time and presence with someone yes. um, that it's important to stay resourced yourself. And you mentioned about the connection of source too, that um, it really deepens our connection with source because it deepens our connection with who we are and, and the us that is holding that space for someone. Yes. And also the source of knowing that, you know, breaking through that illusion of separation again, that, um, you know, it's always available and always accessible. It just might not show up in the way that we're used to or expect it. And um, there's more to life to live from the other side and in different ways and, and so on. Um, and you also mentioned the role of a death walker, which... I love the name for some reason that really intrigues me. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and what that means? Well, the death walker training that I've done uh, is, is run by a woman in Australia called Zenith Virago. And she's ba basically the work is doula work, but she is particularly interested and focused on the ritual and ceremony of that work. So mm. she is a great facilitator and leader of beautiful ceremonies and uh, and acknowledgements of the deaths of people, particularly in her community. She, she runs a lot of um, public events. And, and also because she lives in a small community, I suppose any death is a community event right. as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and to acknowledge that and the, the power of the ritual to take people into their grief in the ceremony mm. and then bring them out of it as well. So it's uh, uh, she has a great skill and I've done some of her trainings and uh, appreciate that what that does, that we are allowed to grieve. Yes. Grief is nothing to suppress or or say it should be done in in a certain length of time grief Absolutely. 
must be different ways to speak about it and share about it and move through it. Um, Just as you were speaking, I was reminded of something I did years ago that I actually forgot about when I facilitated a journey into grief workshop. And in that workshop, um, I used to uh, have my work in the healing arts. So one of the things I did, I had this heart chakra crystal bowl. And it was almost like a huge upside down wine glass <laughs> that you play. And then I'd have people um, lie down after the conversation, after moving through the mind and intellectualizing parts of the grief. Then yeah. um, it just sit and the sound was so healing and nourishing and just brings up more and allows those emotions and the grief to move through the body and to settle in and to heal what uh, might feel broken at the Mm -hmm. time. And then we did um, what was called a soul collage where people would, um, it's almost like a vision board, but not really, (laughs) you're putting up. And it's not with words, except one time someone did use words and she explained the reason why she filled up her board with all the words that made her collage out of words was because her and her mom were all about talking. (laughs) and having conversations and so that represented not what the words said but just the conversations that they would have but generally the soul collage is putting together different pictures for magazines or even pictures that you have old mementos and putting Mm. those together in a collage and then um, doing some journaling work that goes along with that I won't take us through the whole workshop but um, I'm just saying those as examples of different ways of moving through the grief and sharing together and the ceremony and rituals um, cross-culturally that can differ as well. And so there's such vast ways of, um, you know, I don't like the words coping with grief or dealing with grief. It's just, it's a voyage, it's an experience, it's um, something that we move through and sometimes we don't, sometimes people do get stuck in their grief. And so Ruth, how do you help those people that do get stuck in the grief and and have trouble sharing or creating some sort of ritual because they just haven't yet come to any kind of place of acceptance or acknowledgement or closure around the death? How do do you help them? Well, I, I, I haven't, I don't know that I've come across anyone that hasn't been able to deal with it in, in so much as we don't, the grief never really goes no. because even, even you know, with the loss of a parent, mm-hmm. you know, way back or, you know, we still miss them. We still grieve for those people. Um, I know my brother died 20, nearly 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I parked that for a long time because it was hard to, to feel it. But he's been coming into my life a lot more now. Mm. And, How does um, he show up? He shows up. Uh, I often um, say his name instead of another brother. <laughs> when, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, but he, he's come to me in uh, just photographs that, you know, all of a sudden, oh, there's a, there's a photograph or there's a, um, you know, I just reflect on my own life and there he, he, he comes into it in aspects and parts of it that we, we spend a lot of time together. So it was, so I'm, I know there's more work to be done for me in that. And mm-hmm. it's not that I, I don't think I'll ever get over it. I don't think there's any 
I think we live with people for a long time and they're in us, they're connected to us. And yes, for the continuation of them. With a continuation of yes. in some way, whether it's whether it's uh, you know, in our hearts or in our DNA or in in you know, just in our mind, if it's only in our minds, you know, that's still really valuable to know yes. that they're still there. Uh, and whether they come to us, as you say, in smells and uh, uh, birds or feathers that that fall in in front of our eyes, and you know, oh, thank you for that message. You know, yes. I you know I feel Dave around the house uh, still. You know, he's still very strongly there. So, uh, and when when people say they they don't recover, I know. Um, you know, numbers of people who who still grieve very deeply for the loss of a child or the loss mm -hmm. of a partner who's gone too soon, you know, unexpectedly or whatever. And it, it is a hard thing to imagine that mm -hmm. you've got your life running ahead of you and then they're, they're not, not there, particularly if you've put a lot of hopes and wishes into that future yes. life. Yes. Um, but being in the present and knowing that the world is changed, that's what it is, and mm -hmm. um, understanding that is, is something, well, it's more than understanding, it's feeling it, I suppose, feeling that, um, that, that change and being able to adapt to change in some way. Yes. Mm. Yes, and explore what else is possible. And know that yes. life does continue here it and does beyond. Continue. Here and beyond. <laughs> here and yes. beyond. Yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, Ruth, if people do want to connect with you and maybe come to one of your death cafes, which is offered on Zoom, so online, yes. so it's accessible yes. to just about anyone that would have the internet connection. Um, yes. So, how can they get a hold of you? Um, to be a part of that or to find out more about your doula services and end of life um, ceremonies or um, offerings that you have. Yeah, so they could contact me through my website and that is uh, lifetimes.net.au. Okay. Lifetimes.net.au. And uh, I've got a Facebook page. I've got uh, a Death Cafe Newcastle, Australia page so they could have a look at the Facebook group but um, they could contact me directly and I can certainly send them uh, I, I have a little newsletter called the deathly news so <laughs> I could send them the the, the newsletter and um, and then they would know have the calendar of all the events that that I can run okay oh fantastic mm -hmm. and we'll have those links in the show notes as well for people to click on so you can always go in there Ruth, it's been such a pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. I'm so grateful that you came and Zoomed in all the way from Newcastle, Australia, while I'm in Victoria, BC. <laughs> Thanks to Zoom. Thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate being able to talk to you and, and with all the listeners too. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Yes. And thank you yeah. to all the listeners, all of you who've been watching. I honor you and thanks so much for being here. Join us again next week on Wise Women Wednesdays. Mm -hmm.